Hi, everyone. This is Shrink Chat with Shannon and Kathy. Hello. Hello. It's Happy New Year. It is 2021. Oh, uh, I mean, what? Okay. Let's see how it goes, right? Let's see how this one goes. Yeah. <laughs> I know a, a, the, the trend right now is all the memes are like, you know, F off 2020. Like, that's how. But, you know, that was true before COVID. Uh, honestly, those memes were always there. But now, mm. Yeah. Yeah. People are really feeling what I hear in that is people really feel like a new start is going to make a difference. I think we all and I think need to believe that right exactly. now. Exactly, That's the hope I hear. We need hope. Even though it looks those memes seem very, very negative and strange. It's like I see hope. In yeah. Um, and on that note, in the hopeful area, I want you to know that I received a rainbow colored chocolate cake for christmas yeah it's tall it's rainbow colored inside and out is that for your inner gay what is the what and it's uh it's just wonderful i don't know i received it and, and i you're would not like complaining to share about it. it oh no and i would like to share some of it with you and to have you take a little to-go piece i would of love that it's so good man okay. so Gold Belly is this thing online, and this is not a paid sponsorship. If Gold Belly would like to call me, I'm happy to be paid to talk about you more because Gold Belly is this really cool service online where you can order different things from different restaurants. Now, I had a Christmas dinner actually from Gold Belly that was like a four course meal from a, a famous chef's restaurant. And that's how I did the COVID Christmas. I know lots of people are cooking, but that's how I did it. And one of my Christmas presents happened to be this. Uh, it's like six layers. Okay. And it's tall. And it, when you look at it without cutting it, it's like sprinkle, multicolored sprinkles Ooh. all over it. I love And cool then when you like that. slice into it and get your slice and you put it on your um, plate, it's like six different colors, a layered cake, and it's chocolate. And it's really good, and I would like to have you go away home with some. I would love to take some of that. Because I can't eat a whole cake by myself, <laughs> for one. But for two, it's pretty great. I didn't know if it would be any good, but it's pretty great. Awesome. And I feel it should go to use. Very excited. All right, cool. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention right here out of the gate is that it's 2021 and I felt like having a giveaway. So here's what I'd like to do. Y'all have talked, heard me speak about having uh, doc, uh, documenting. Wow. I am really up in the, up in the work head right now. Documenting. How boring. I am not documenting. I am logging my She's films. Having a full conversation with herself. Right <laughs> I am. I'm logging my films on Letterboxd. And that word is letterboxed without the last E. So B-O-X-D at the end. So letter and then boxed.com. And I log all my movies there. I have a diary of my movies and what I watch. And I make little notes to myself. And sometimes I write little reviews on there. And that's what everyone can do. It's entirely free. Again, not sponsored. <laughs> um, but I have a list on there 
that I have actually been going off of to recommend movies to others and also work my way through winter horror movies, winter setting movies. And a lot of those end up being Christmas movies too, but also just winter horror like The Shining and you know those ones you've heard of, but there's lots that you haven't heard of that are winter settings. So there is a list on my Letterboxd. So if you go to letterboxd.com, set yourself up an account, and then my name is Shannon Cherie. S-H-R-E-E. It's on our podcast. <laughs> so hopefully you know my name. Um, it's on there. It's under Shannon Cherie. And it's a list called Winter Horror and Winter Setting. And it's got uh, over 300 movies on it mm. that I've curated together and put there. I've only probably seen like 80 of them. So I'm still working my way through. But what I'd like to do is do a giveaway of a box of goodies. And those goodies will be winter horror, winter themed, and I will reveal what they are um, later next time. And what I'd like you to do is go on Letterboxd. So here's the requirements. Go on Letterboxd, have an account on Letterboxd, set yourself up, find me, find the list, like the list, winter horror and winter setting. You can like it just like on any social media, like it. And then underneath the list, you can comment. So leave a comment there of either your favorite winter movie that's on the list or a winter you feel should be on the list. Like if I have missed something, please let me know because I will add it to that list because Letterboxd has these amazing lists that can be a real, like they're a great resource to find what you're looking to watch um, through themes, genres, etc. Like I'm sure after the Giallo episode, we are both going to make lists of all the Giallo. So that's all that you watch, watch now. <laughs> She lies, lies like a rug. Anyway, do that. Like it, leave a comment, and then by and do that by January 15th. So you're listening to me on the first. Do it in the next couple of weeks. And then um, we'll figure out we'll, I, what I'm going to do is I'm going to put everybody's name in a hat. I'm, this is what I'm seriously going to do. And we're going to pick a winner. And then on the show, January 22nd show, uh, we will announce that winner. And I will send you a box of goodies and I think you will like it. But I liked when we used to do giveaways. Um, I thought this would be a fun way to do it because I worked kind of hard on the list. <laughs> I think that's amazing. Though. I think that's good to have. Yeah. And it's just, a good. it's also, I wanted people to like be inspired to, to go look at it, but mm-hmm. then also there's tons of good stuff on there. Anyway, that's my, that's cool. That's my opening thoughts. And um, that is usually followed by an episode we like to call. Horror facts with Carol. <laughs> That's the gentle 2021 version. That was super dramatic. I liked it. Let me see what I have for you here. 2021 horror facts between Kath and Shannon. Number one. Mm-hmm. The whoosh sounds <laughs> during the famous business card exchange was created by slowing down the sound of a sword being drawn from its sheath. Like I said, sword. I did that intentionally. I know, I could hear it. <laughs> Number dose. Yeah. I almost didn't hear the fact because I, the, I was listening to the alliteration. It's all right. I liked it. Feminist activist Gloria Steinem mm-hmm. lobbied Leonardo DiCaprio to not take the lead on this film. Otherwise, 
It would ruin his fan base of young teenage girls. The role was eventually... This is when my handwriting gets... <laughs> Regular listeners assigned. to the show <laughs> will know that Kathy cannot read The role was eventually assigned <laughs> to the actor who would eventually become her stepson in real life. Isn't that funny? Wow. Yeah. So imagine she's like telling some young actor, don't do it. And then the actor who takes it ends up becoming <gasps> her stepson in real life. Uh, that's who. Her, oh, my God. Yeah. Number th- number wow. three. This was the second time in two years. <laughs> Lionsgate found itself in trouble with the MPAA over one of their films. Number four. The main. Well, I'm going to save this for five because that might give it away. Number four. Known for its popular soundtrack, many artists refused to release the rights of their songs due to the nature of the film. And then number five, the main character's name is heavily influenced by the movie Psycho. Hmm. I, I, I don't know. I'm, I don't know. Really? I really don't know. American Psycho. So Patrick Bates, right? Was his name, I think. Oh, right. Yeah. I really love that book, FYI. <laughs> if anybody mm. reads horrors. So Huey Lewis, really you know, good. when he sings, when he murders that guy to hip to be square at yes, the end. Yes. Huey never gave the rights to that. There was like a bunch of shit that went oh, down. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then I think there were other artists, Whitney Houston, others that were like, you can absolutely not use... Yeah, when you were talking about Leo, I thought maybe I had it, but that's not, uh, but no, but no. (laughs) Although I could see him playing that part too. I could too. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. I mean, he's a really good actor. Uh, How funny. So Christian Bale became Gloria Steinem's stepson after, and then there's rumors that he took the part just to piss her off. And they're like, that wasn't even the timeline doesn't (laughs) even met yet. No, No, no. that's not what happened. That's so silly. He's had to clear that up a number of times. He's like, I didn't do it in spite of her. That's a fun fiction though. Yeah. (laughs) That's funny. As we do. Yeah. No, I mean, I didn't even know that he was her stepson. So I didn't either. So there's that. It's a funny piece of trivia. Amazing. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you for that. You're welcome. Thanks. I got some news that I wanted to share with you. Okay. Um, I know that Scream 5 is important oh, to you. Yes. And I just wanted to say they, I mean, you may have read this, but they did release the name of it is Scream. Yes. They're just going with Scream, Scream. right? Yeah. Like you read that. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, they're talking about how that was maybe influenced by the Halloween reboot of mm-hmm. just like going back to the original without the the. The original... Yeah, the yeah. the and now there's also a bunch of articles sort of about how this particular um, scream has been very heavily influenced by Jordan Peele's influence on the horror mm. genre. Like the quotes are sort of about um, it's kind of Craven and then um, you know other people discussing the films and talking about how Jordan Peele's body of work has been. Um, talked about a lot in developing it because what he's doing is the closest thing to something that we hope we can do. These are kind of quotes I'm paraphrasing and that we love in terms of tonality where it's fun. It's about something it's exciting and it's not just one thing Mm -hmm. like they're, they're really wanting that. A lot of people are trying to get in the game of, of genre mixing, right? As we do, as all filmmakers do uh, obviously, but they're inspired by that. Um, 
they talked a lot about the visual style of us um, when when they were developing the film because it captured something very honest and organic mm. while also feeling like a big fun movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be able to do those two things simultaneously and also have an indie vibe that's like big a big fun popcorn movie but actually mm. doing something with it. And then... Um, because they feel like that's what Wes Craven mastered in Nightmare on Elm Street and in the original Scream. So there's been just a ton of articles coming out kind of talking about the development of it. That's interesting. I know that um, I read something Courtney Cox had said, if Wes was alive, he really would have approved of this and been Aww. like really, yeah, there was a, she had yeah. made some comments about like, they're really proud of this one coming out. I'm glad. So that and lines up with I think Halloween too. Yeah, <laughs> and, and just Jordan what you're stuff. saying about it being maybe a more sophisticated Yeah, film. that there's some meat to it, right? Yeah. Just like the original. I'm um, super excited. I mean, I love the I love the the franchise anyway. Um, so even if it was campy, I would go see it. I liked number four a lot, actually, but I'm really excited to see five. So much has changed in this genre since four was made. And totally. if it's like I was saying to you off air and something I'll talk about in a moment here, just where we're seeing horror going in its own subgenre that's becoming more socially politically focused. It's really interesting the way that we are, I don't know, Mm -hmm. evolving, evolving this own category of horror. I totally agree. And I am excited as well. Um, I mean, I'm excited also just for the simple fact that it has three other original heroes, Nev Campbell, Courtney Cox, and David Arquette. Yeah. Are all the ridge in it. The OGs. Original heroes. Yeah. So I'm excited. All right. Uh, we did a buddy watch. We did. And we ended up watching something else that we didn't know we were both going to watch, but right. we watched terror train from 1980 with your girl. Yeah, my Laurie scream Strode. queen. <laughs> uh, Jamie her. Lee Curtis. Um, 1980. Good times, really. They I really mean, they really hoped and wanted yeah, they did. this to be Halloween on a train. I know. So during a hazy, <laughs> hazing, sorry, during a hazy, it was hazy as well. Mm-hmm. During a hazing, a fraternity of pre-med students has a particularly sinister prank in store for one of their more timid pledges. With the help of a co-ed, Alana Maxwell, meaning Jamie Lee Curtis, um, they pull off this prank so well that the pledge needs to be institutionalized as a result. So unstable to begin with. Let's just go with right. that. After several several years, then several years pass, which is part of my problem with this movie, several years pass and people forget the incident. Those involved with the prank are ready to celebrate their graduation by having a costume party on a train but they haven't escaped their past yet. Can we just say that David Copperfield's in this film? Yeah. And he looks really creepy in it. Yeah. He's super creepy. In fact, I thought he was the bad guy at one point, but you know, and I'm not going to give anything away when I say this, but well, it's a 31 year old, no 41 year old. That's true. So we're going to spoil this. So hop on. Well, I was just going to say that the train, it was, (laughs) it was really common in the eighties for and they used it a little bit in the 90s with the movie color of night which is a great movie by the way and one maybe we should do um total sleeper hit but wait what's it called color of night oh yeah 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 Yeah, with um bruce willis yes and 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 jane march really good so there's a lot of people in it actually but the the whole using makeup and wigs to 
sort of misgender and there's this like, I don't know, they use this a lot in the 80s and they use it in Terror Train because you find out that the the person in drag uh-huh. is, the bad guy. is the bad guy, but the whole movie you're made to believe. And I remember looking at her and going, something is off, like weird looking about this woman. Yeah. You know, and then you find out it's the killer in drag. But they use that a lot in the 80s and, and they the 90s did. where they, yeah, they would misgender somebody and that person would be the killer and they'd be hiding behind another gender yeah, with lots widely, of makeup. and Widely discussed in the trans communities yeah. of being, um, being the killer throughout the 80s. Yeah. Um, so I guess my, oh, (laughs) my overarching problem probably with this movie is that I, that within the first 15, you know, within the first 15 minutes of the movie, which is that setup that I just talked about where they pull this prank on the like nerdy frat guy. I mean, it gives away the whole movie. Like I, and then, but then you go on this, for lack of a better word, pun intended, ride mm-hmm. of a movie where they try to misdirect you a bunch of times to who it might otherwise be. Like, so, so they, people start dying. They're sla- it's a slasher film. So people die on the train, et cetera. They, and they, and then you're supposed to believe for an hour that you don't know who it is. Mm-hmm. And I, I was confused by that. So then I was waiting for a twist. <laughs> yeah, I was the same. I was and then the end of the movie is it's of course the kid they tortured at right, the beginning who, of the movie. Who you knew. Who you knew. So now more sophisticated movies will do this by just starting where the train starts, right? The party starts like 20 minutes in or whatever. They're getting off the tra- they're getting off a bus to go on this party train. And the movie would just start there and then later in act 3 when they start to try to reveal who it is, they would do like little flashbacks. I mean, that's how most of the eighties movies do. They like do the little flashbacks to the trauma. Yeah. You know, um, but it's like, you knew he was on the train, but like, I, that's why I, I just sort of lo- left like, myself. Clear, like, clearly what? it's him. Clearly it's him. He's there. And he did. And also I think it had, <laughs> when I watched the preview for it, cause I couldn't remember it if I had ever seen it and I hadn't, nor, uh, nor had I. I was like, you know, this looks kind of cool. They're, I know. It's in the winter. They're on this train. They mm-hmm. can't get out. Like, it had a lot of potential for it to be. And it's on, like, the reason why I picked it was because it's on, like, a lot of top 10 New Year's Eve horror right. movies. And I can understand that. It's got the star power of revisiting Jamie Lee Curtis back in the day. It's a slasher from the 80s. But it also has, like, the, the murder on the Orient Express feel where mm-hmm. it's, like, who done it. But you know who done it? Yeah, a lot of they gave it away. A lot of it's very entertaining. At one point, he's wearing a turtle mask. Yeah, I mean the costumes. Like there was a lot of like fun sort of. There was fun. There's. It's not all bad. I'm not saying don't watch it. I'd actually say watch it because what I was trying to do is say like, huh, I never actually really thought about watching New Year's Eve horror movies, yeah. and so I started googling, and there are lists. Oh, you know the best. New Year's Eve horror movies. And I'm like, okay. So I just looked at several lists and that one was on them all. Um, And so I can, uh, I guess all that to say, I can see why it's on the list. I just, it's just, it wasn't twisty. Like I didn't, I wasn't duped. You know, when someone, (laughs) when someone explains a joke, yeah, that's how it felt. I'm like, okay, you gave 
way too much away. Now I'm like, I know the, it's not that you know the end, but you're like, no, it's just like, now I'm watching the movie. Like I'm holding the script. Well, and I'm thinking like, is this just because the psychology of kind of what they do to him? Obviously the way he reacted by spinning around in the curtains very melodramatically. Yeah. Oh, that scene. Oh my God. Oh, so when he's spinning. So, yeah. so what they do is they basically bait him. Like Jamie Lee Curtis wants to sleep with him at a frat party and they bait him into this room and he thinks he's hanging out with her and he wait and they're pre-med remember. So he wakes up and there's like a cadaver there and he grabs the like hand that's severed off and he freaks out, stands up and then spins himself into the curtains. Like he's in this very dramatic, psychotic. like slow-mo. Yeah. Um, like he's having a break of some kind yeah. because he got, because he got bullied Punked. a little. Yeah. He got punked. We all got punked as kids. I know I did. And it's like, this was the, you know, if you're looking at this from psychology, like diathesis stress model, right? Right. right? Like clearly there was a, there, oh there was an underlying disorder that's triggered by yes. this situation. Like this is the penultimate yeah. trigger <laughs> holding a, a pre-med student holding a dead body doesn't seem that shouldn't be triggering. Shouldn't be super triggering. And then they, then they, then in the end, when they're like, when they get him or whatever, the way she gets him is she triggers the trauma again. It's bad. <laughs> it's so Which bad. I was like, wow. So the, so we go through like all these hoops and ladders, shoots and ladders, just like the game as a child, children. <laughs> um, we go through all these shoots and ladders and then she triggers his trauma again by kissing him because that's, because, oh my God. And then <laughs> holding his hand. Yeah, and then he gets triggered by the hand and the right. kiss, and then spins around in some Again. curtains nearby. Right, <laughs> that's what he does when he's triggered. Um, so, if for all those reasons it sounds funny and stupid, and you have to see what we're talking about, please watch the movie. It's not good, but um, you know, Happy New Year. <laughs> there's some fun elements, but it's not good. Yeah. Real quickly, side note, because you just talked about a game. Please, do you know what game I bought? And it's it's new and it's collectors already. Sweet is. The Haunted Mansion version of life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I bought it. Nice. Good job. I think I... I love that game anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I the mean, Haunted Mansion? Hello. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. You're going to play it, right? 2021. Gonna... We're going to play it. Okay, good. We're going to... I'm going to bring it over and we're going to watch the movies and we're going to play it because we have not been to Disney and I'm it's hoping so with 2021... We get to go to Disney. I've been buying ornaments, Haunted Mansion oh, yeah. ornaments. I've been buying T-shirts. I've been um, plan watching YouTube videos and planning routes through the park. I mean, I'm having a problem. You know that <laughs> when you and I get to go, it's going to be epic. Yeah, I mean, we're I need to go for two or three days, actually. Well, we might just want to get a room at the Disneyland Hotel. And I've, do and I've done that, and it's great. Um, and just like like a drug addict. Absolutely. Just fiend. Just get up and roll into the park. So I've done that for birthdays as an adult. Yeah, yeah. it's awesome. And I've stayed in California Adventure or whatever that, um, the hotel there, I'm <laughs> blanking on the name. It's nice. It's really, it's the nice one. I'm getting really excited talking about this. <laughs> Me too. And um, Jalo. No. Jalo. <laughs> when we get excited, we'll say Jalo. <laughs> no. Sorry, if you didn't hear the Giallo episode, now you think we're nuts. Okay, um, 
But stay there for two or three days. You get a two or three day pass because um, because you can, and you're in the park every day. I really, I will say this. I and I was talking to my friend about this the other day. Yeah, I really, really, really felt that void of not having the Halloween and oh Christmas God. trips to Disney this year, and I same know. with Universal. Uh, Me too. It, that is such a big part of our holiday season and what makes us feel like we're in the season. And without that, I really felt the events. Yeah. Disney being one of them and universal. And we were gearing up before COVID. We were really gearing up to do more things like events and conventions and horror stuff. I know. And I've been unable to attend stuff online and that's fine, but it's not the same. No, it's as we all know. As we all know. I can't go to Disneyland online. So, I just think that my hope is as much as I appreciate and I'm thankful for the online platform. It allowed a lot of people to get help. It allowed us to keep our work. It allowed keep my job people to still be tuned into film and art and culture and support and all that. But God, I cannot wait to be back in the real world. Me too. And, and, and one of those many things is of course (coughs) experiences at Disneyland um, for both of us are kind of the yin to our horror yang. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And also go to the movie theater. Oh, like I just wait for the day when I can watch Kathy eat a large, extra large size of popcorn by herself. It's a tub. I mean, I don't even understand how it fits in your body. It's so, and then I, and I, I eat like popcorn almost every other night. I know you're such a crazy popcorn. And then I, and throwing the candy in there and watching it like melt in the salt. It's just, I miss, but I miss the, it's kinesthetic smell of the theater and sitting in there anyway, 2021. I'm, I'm waiting for it. I mean, I'm waiting for 2021 to start rolling this out. Me too. So we both watched the pale door, Mm -hmm. which is a shutter exclusive. What'd you think? I, I, not so much. Okay. So here's my immediate reaction. I hate Westerns. I'm completely bored by them. Oh, I love Westerns. So I actually liked it <laughs> ah, see, because I had high expectations probably because to me, they're so not relatable. Like okay. there's no characters in Westerns that I'm like, okay, it's cowboys gunslinging and it's just, it's okay. It's whatever. Like there's a few Westerns. Like I loved um, tombstone was a good one, but every once in a while, but mostly it's not my genre. It's one I can totally leave behind. So it's a horror Western. It's a horror Western. So the first 39 minutes of the movie, although the story was very sweet and nice and, and and I think they did a good job at (laughs) what I do think is they did a really good job at building the characters enough that you care about them. Even, even the ones that are annoying or who are annoying. Um, And then when it turns First of all, the the witches terrified me. I thought they did a really good job with that. But I liked I liked the special effects. For yeah, sure. but I thought it got it was better than I expected because I good. don't like westerns. No, good. I'm glad. Wonderful. Yeah. Like awesome because I mean it's got it's gotten okay reviews. So um, one of the reasons why I wanted to watch it was because um, of the poster. <laughs> mm-hmm. The movie poster is really good. It's yeah, it got is this good. Big scary Pretty like scary death mask ghosty head on it Mm -hmm. so the pale door it's after a botched train robbery two brothers leading a gang of cowboys must survive the night in a ghost town inhabited by a coven of witches 
That's the bottom line. Special effects were awesome. The special effects on the witches were awesome. Um, the witches were all, of course, masquerading as whores, as yeah. they do. It was a brothel. In a Western shock. Right. <laughs> um, I thought the acting was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I like all the actors. Um, there's several you'll recognize as mm-hmm. good character actors. Um, it's definitely a slow build, sure. Mm-hmm. And the first half of the movie is straight very, Western. Yeah, it's very slow for me. Yeah, for me too. Straight Western. Um, I did I did love some of the horror moments with the witches and how they did that. So mm-hmm. totally worth that. But um I take take it or leave it. Didn't enjoy I won't rewatch it. No, I, I won't rewatch it. I love Western good I love good westerns, of course, like everybody. But more um like I watched the Justified series, which is so super Yeah, that got really great reviews. Um I watched Saving Grace, which was Holly Hunter, which is not she's I not, it's not a Western, she's a cop, but it's set in um Oklahoma mm-hmm. and there's a lot of Western vibes to it. Um and three ten to Yuma and Tombstone and I, I I like westerns and so uh you know mm-hmm. okay that's where we're at that's where we landed yeah <laughs> um I I was able to watch the movie Rare Exports which is uh, a Christmas tale <laughs> so it's sort of the last Christmas movie I'll probably talk about here we are on New Year's. Um, Rare Exports, A Christmas Tale from 2010. It gets very good reports, reviews in most places. Uh, Rare Exports is an unexpectedly delightful crossbreed of deadpan comedy and a Christmas horror. It's one of those ones that makes all the lists. It's Finnish. Uh, it's rated R. And so a young boy and his friend think a secret mountain drilling project near their home in northern Finland, yes, it does have subtitles, has uncovered the tomb of Santa Claus. Oh, okay. (laughs) However, this a monstrous evil Santa, much unlike the cherry Saint Nick of legend, (laughs) when... When his father, when one of the boy's fathers, captures a feral old man in a wolf trap, the man may hold the key to why reindeer are being slaughtered and children are disappearing. Mm. It's pretty good. <laughs> I really like it. Like I will, I had never seen it before. It's on all the lists. Everybody okay. else has seen it. It's called what again? Rare Exports? Rare Exports. Okay. Um, it's on Shutter or Prime or one of those. It's streaming right now, and I imagine it will be, um, you know, maybe a little bit throughout the winter, hopefully. But it's, um, I don't know. It was a lot of fun. Tell me about one of yours. I have a, I have a shout out to one of our Discord members. Yes, ma'am. Uh, Ice, this one's for you. So we were that night that I, I had the technical difficulty. Mm-hmm. You had asked me if I'd ever seen Basket Case. And I couldn't remember if I had, but I ended up going back and watching it. And I, I don't think I'd ever seen it. Um, th- I'm, I'm going to take two seconds because it's a classic and most people have seen it. Yeah, go for it. But oh my God, it's so ridiculous. So it's <laughs> it's about, um, there's 
I'm sorry, I'm lost for words because I'm looking at the picture of it right now and it's like making me have flashbacks. <laughs> so Dwayne Bradley, the main character, he arrives in New York City with a locked wicker basket. After he gets a room at a cheap hotel, the contents of the basket are finally revealed. In it lives his deformed conjoined twin brother, Belial. Although conjoined at birth, the twins are surgically separated at an early age against their will, and Belial deeply resents being cut off from his normal-looking brother. Okay, first of all. <laughs> that alone, really. <laughs> oh my God. First of all, the, the, the creature, this is back when they were doing stop motion. Yeah. 1982. Right. Okay. And it, and it looks like a combination of what they would use in, yeah in Jason and the Argonauts, as far as the movement, but the creature looked like the head of Bib Fortuna from, <laughs> from Jedi. Yes. Yes. And he's got this like nasty, but comical presence. And so he, the whole movie, Dwayne, it moves to New York with his twin in the basket to try to hunt down the doctors who separated them, right? And yeah. then he meets like one of the front desk <laughs> ladies at one of the, the doctor's appointments and they start to have a relationship and she doesn't know what's actually going on. And then the, the scene that really gets me though, and I, I can't wait to actually have this chat with you on discord is where I start to laugh the hardest. <laughs> so when they're separated, they can feel each other's feelings. So for example, if, if, if Belial's doing something that he shouldn't be doing, Dwayne will kind of like pull away from what he's doing. Like what I can feel that. Right. <laughs> so the they're scene, connected. they're connected. So the scene, there's a scene where Dwayne goes out on a date with this girl. He leaves the basket at home for the first time, like yeah. leaves him by himself. He buys him a TV. He goes, watch that. Here's newspaper. Just stay in this. And he's staying in this, motel sort of thing so other people can hear noises right it's yeah. it's like um the second he goes in and kisses the girl the twin flips out and all of a sudden he just ransacks the whole room and shit's like flying but but he's moving in a way that's like this stop motion it's so comical and he's like ah! and he's yeah. like breaking the tv and he looks like bib fortuna has been decapitated and he's on the floor just like rolling around it's so ridiculous it's such a cult film and it is and and i can see why it became one but i just wanted to let ice know i finally saw it you watched it and i have a lot to talk commentary. about um, yeah, I love the movie poster. Oh yeah. It's great. The Have you ever seen this? No. Oh God. P please watch it. The tenant in room seven is very small, very twisted and very mad. Sounds like me. <laughs> it does um, actually, but there are two sequels, so you can get on those. No, no I think I'm good with that. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't make one until 1990 and 1991, but you know, <laughs> yeah, that makes me laugh. The other one I watched was a movie that's actually a remake. Um, the The original one was what people in the UK re refer to as a video nasty, mm. um, which is a colloquial term used in the UK to refer to like really low budget exploitation films. So the original one um, actually has quite a cult following. And it's from the early 80s. And the, the movie's called Unhinged. Not to be mistaken with... The, the, so the remake is in 2017. This is not to be mistaken with Russell Crowe's 2020 movie Unhinged, by the way. Okay. So this movie is a remake of the 1982 
version, four American best friends decide to take the back roads traveling to a wedding in England on their way. A deadly secret uh, forces the girls to be stranded in the woods where they discover a house occupied by Miss Perkins, who promises to look after them until help comes. Little do the girls know a dark evil lurks in the attic above them, waiting until they're alone. And only when the girls come face to face with it, will they truly discover what real horror is. I read that and I go, that sounds kind of good. Sounds like an isolation sort of creepy, you know, in the theme of what we've been watching. It's 80s. You like that kind of well thing. i watched the remake oh oh sorry the 2017 because the, the 1982 is a little bit different and mm. supposed to be good okay this was so horrible <laughs> um i think it got one star oh, and no. i really just it's this poor remake of a non-classic so <laughs> it's already a low budget people loved it or hate it and then they remake it the acting mm. is like someone who was just handed a script oh no for the first time all the girls they might have been <laughs> the girls are all karens mm. it's just really bad so we can skip it please skip it <laughs> i just looked it up while you were talking and the the first line of this article that i chose says some remakes beg the question why <laughs> and this would be that <laughs> so don't waste your time with it <laughs> Maybe the original. I don't know. I mean, it's not a classic, but maybe the original has a little more to offer since it's like era 1982. I don't know. We're pretty forgiving. I don't know. Generally. I mean, it was banned in the UK. It was. It was a video nasty. Um, I like that term. I'm going to use that for like really low budget. I I can't wait till you call me a video nasty. Shannon's a video nasty. (laughs) Someday. The last thing I'll, I'll talk about is, and this is something I really getting into and found and Shannon, you've probably already listened to it because there's very few things that I find that you haven't stumbled upon, but um, the, the podcast she kills, have you listened to it? I have not. Okay. I I have heard of it. It's really good. So this it's um, hosted by Adrian Barbo and, and she explores horror through a female lens with conversations from women in front of and behind the camera, including Karen Kusama, Dee Wallace, Jennifer Tilly, Ileana Douglas, Pollyanna McIntosh and more. I, I just finished the episode, the first episode with Karen Kusama who directed Jennifer's body and Emily Deschanel, who was... Yeah, um, I love that movie. On uh, She was in Boogeyman, and then she was on Bones for 12 years. This is such an intelligent podcast. Cool. So what I love so much about it is, first of all, it really discusses the horror genre from a marginalized space. So not just women, but also how horror has now become, and this is where I'm tying it into our conversation about Jordan Peele earlier, Horror has become this platform for the marginalized community to discuss their difficulties in a way that is still transformed into horror art and modernized. And so they get into all of these conversations in this first episode. It's really cool. So um, they talk about how well before when Jennifer's body first came out it was really like rejected and kind of looked at as a lame film and then the me too movement happened and the Kavanaugh hearings happened and all of a sudden there's this huge following for it now and um so I'll just share a little bit with you they 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 have this whole discussion on the concept of a woman without compassion is terrifying the concept of that but also a woman who makes bad choices is seen as a monster, mm-hmm. right? So these are things that we, qualities that are more normalized and accepted in men, but we demonize and that then becomes the monster 
of a female character in a film, which is really interesting. Um, because we're supposed to see women as soft and pliable. So she talks about Jennifer's body. Um, people wanted to see her as a body, but when she made choices and she demonstrated self-agency, she became scarier. So too much emotion or too little emotion uh, for a female character is considered terrifying. And so they get into this whole discussion and they break it down. Anyone out there, any women or men, if if I really recommend this podcast because it takes female roles from across the genre and and really breaks them down in a way that's fun but also really really interesting from a psychological perspective i love it that's cool i mean we haven't we haven't talked about this but i um a month or so ago i bought a book called men women and chainsaws okay gender in the modern horror film and it's i'm i'm not done with it so i just haven't haven't spoken about it. It's nonfiction. It was from, it's from the nineties, like 1992 or something. But so, but it's, it's specifically about, it's like a cultural critique of um, gender and slasher films. Mm. And um, it's really interesting so far. So I was, I'm definitely going to talk about it when I'm done. Cool. But it's just funny. We, yeah. we, we hadn't talked about it. So I'll listen to the podcast. That's cool. Mm-hmm. I, it's in my, there are so many of us podcasters. I know. <laughs> there are several that I listen to. Maybe someday we should do an episode on like podcasts we yeah. love or something like that. This one, you know, and, and there's so many that are alike, but I like that this one hard. takes, this one was brave enough to take a really large genre and, and unapologetic about how specific it gets, I guess. Absolutely. Because that's a risk. It is a risk, and we understand that risk actually yeah. too, because not everybody wants to bring psychology to their horror mm-hmm. um, or so, or politics or politics. So, you yeah. know, I understand being a niche within a niche. And they talk a lot <laughs> to of, find which, your people. <laughs> they talk about as we do how horror is not a genre; it's an emotion, and they really get into that piece too of how it's really an expression. It's just it's it's good and how healthy it can be. Yeah. Yes, wonderful. So. Awesome. I uh, I finally saw that movie, 1408. Have you seen that movie? It's 2007. Mm. It's John Cusack and Sam Jackson. Oh, wait a minute. So rely- I don't know if I ever saw this. 2007. Mm-hmm. Relying on psychological tension rather than the overt violence and gore, this is what a critic said, okay. uh, 1408 is a genuinely creepy thriller with a strong lead performance by John Cusack. So it's a ghosty um, it's a haunted um, hotel, and it's really it's quite good. It's a I really Stephen like King, um, based on a Stephen King. Mm, I don't know. Says, I don't think so. I don't know. American psychological oh, yeah. horror film I mean, based maybe. on Stephen King's nineteen ninety nine short story. I never, I never read that short story. Okay, but I believe you. Um, John Cusack is a successful author who, which always tells you it's a King film. <laughs> Yeah, because he casts himself and all the um, he writes himself because he's a writer, which I think is smart to do. Uh, A successful author who enjoys worldwide acclaim debunking supernatural phenomena. So we know what's going to happen, right? Yep. Um, Before he checks into the Dolphin Hotel, that is ignoring the warnings of the hotel manager, Sam Jackson, who has a small part, but of course he's always awesome to see on the big screen. He learns the meaning of real terror when he spends the night in a reputed haunted room. So it's got the haunted stuff. It's got the haunted tropes we need and love and wonderfulness. And then it's also got a emotional core. And I like seeing John Cusack have a movie where it's literally just him for a really long time. Uh, He's great. So I really like him 
So I do having too. him having him have a tour de force where it's he's literally in every scene and a lot of the movie is just him is uh was very enjoyable for me. And then I went and looked and saw that it got really good reviews and people like it. Like, I didn't know that before. Okay. Like, I was going to watch it anyway. Okay. Because um, it's John. Love him. Yeah. And I was like, why have I not seen this? <laughs> um, the other movie I'll just, the last thing I'll mention today is that I was finally, so from... I mentioned at the beginning of the episode about my letterboxed list for winter horror. And I'm what I have done in order to knock off a bunch of movies this season, this wintry season, which I will continue to do into January is go off of that list and start watching some of the things like just pushing play, right? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know what this is. I'm just pushing play. So I did that with this movie. It's called attack of the leader Hosen zombies. Oh my God. Is that the most That's fabulous awesome. title? And you really have to see the picture, um, the movie poster. And then under the movie poster, like the tagline, it says, it's all downhill from here. I love it. And it's like three people on a snow machine looking crazy. Okay. So it's German. I definitely bring the foreign, I've realized. I, I try to suggest movies in my head all the time on Discord, and I'm like, oh, that one has subtitles. I can't do it. Oh, that one also has subtitles. I have... I have absolutely realized through the process of doing this podcast that I am a huge international horror fan. And so that makes it difficult to do watch alongs on the internet with my friends, but whatever. I love it. Good though. A lot of them, especially the, the Japanese ones are terrifying. So good. So this is three young snow. So this is in the Shaun of the dead vein. Okay. Horror comedy, German, uh, 2017, Three young snowboarders find themselves in an epic battle for survival when a scientific experiment unleashes a horde of zombies and mutant wildlife in the Austrian Alps. So I laughed. I love a, I love comedy with zombies. So I'm yeah. a huge Shaun of the Dead fan. Yeah. But I also like the walking the first season of Walking Dead was my jam as well. So and I like Night of the Living Dead. I love all that stuff. I like I like a lot of zombie movies, so I do understand that this is a horror subgenre that I dig, but zombies just lead themselves to humor to me. They do, because a lot of times they're just so ridiculous. Well, these are ridiculous zombies, and I think that that's what zombies need to be in horror comedy, Mm -hmm. because in the horror scary zombies, they need to move fast and really be scary but the slow moving dumb ones like these ones are so slow yeah slow and dumb and there's a little bit of like zombie zhuzh with the rules oh my gosh and it takes place in a wintry landscape they kind of get stuck in this bar area and then (laughs) and then (laughs) i just I can't tell you because I think a lot of people haven't seen this movie because it's finished. Can you? What's the name of it again? <laughs> you can't remember that Lederhosen name. something something zombie. Attack of the Lederhosen zombies. Oh, that's awesome. You just really. That's I mean, awesome. You have to, because so I I would I I actually would really love it if you would watch it and report back. <laughs> The reviews, of course, are like, it's terrible, it's good, it's terrible, it's good. It's sort of like somewhere in the middle. I mean, I think the critics liked it more than the audiences. I'll write it down. And it's on Shudder? I don't remember. Okay. 
yes, consult your justwatch.com and um, watch that movie, people, because, I mean, you might hate it, but let me know because I really like it. <laughs> um, but that's all I got for today. Happy New Year. I found it. Um, Happy New Year. 2021. Did you see the poster? I'm looking it up right now. Okay, you got to before yeah. we go because there's this like older Finnish woman that's like the... Oh my God, that's fantastic. You know, like the person in the pub. She's like the yeah. bar mistress. And she ends up being one of the people that like engages in all the mayhem. I mean, there's stupid parts to it. I'm not going to lie. It's not Shaun of the Dead quality, okay? Mm-hmm. Like, let's just get that over with. I'm not saying it's as good as Shaun of the Dead. I'm just saying it's got that tone. Awesome. So I hope that you enjoy that and any of the other movies that we talked about. And please participate in the giveaway, even if you don't want a prize from us. Like, that would be super cool if you went to the letterboxed list from me, Shannon Cherie, called Winter horror and winter setting and just like left a comment and like the list and checked it out. Like, let me know if you see something like, is there anything missing? That would be super helpful. Or like, what's your favorite one on there? And then that will qualify you for being, having your name put in a hat and for us sending you something. So thank you so much for listening. This has been, this is the first episode of shrink chat for 2021. Um, Thank you for listening. My name is Shannon. And I'm Kathy. Sleep safe, everyone. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Terror Talk. Please check out our Patreon page, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We'd love to engage with you as part of our community. Please take a moment to leave us a comment on any of our social media. Thank you so much for listening. And once again, sleep safe.